What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition, Sunday edition of More Important Issues. It's a good weekend to be a Vol. It's it's been a while since um, since Tennessee's won. Anything We're Kings of the East, baby. Kings of the East. I like that. That was a that was a great great call. I you know great tweet. Loved it. Yeah, I mean that's that, all you can say. I mean, there's no one can touch us. I mean, how unbearable are we going to be when, like, you know, hopefully one day football is, you know, up and going. Tony Vitello has been here for, like, 10, 15 years, and we're just freaking running the show. Rick Barnes has passed it down maybe at that point to Kim English, and we're still rolling. You know, it's it's going to be great. I'm just I'm just oh, ready are you, for the future. Whoa, whoa, are you calling Kim English? Or is Tennessee home? Or are you calling him coming home? Is that what I just heard? Yeah, I mean, there you go. There, I mean, spread rumors, spread it like wildfire. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a you know that one was kind of nerve wracking too. O- overall, you know, Tennessee did what they had to do, um, and then you kind of had to wait for the the pieces to fall in place. And uh, of course, you did get that on uh, on Saturday night, uh, Saturday afternoon. So that obviously is a, a it's big for Tennessee baseball um, to be where they're at and so fast. And, and can't wait to talk about that and the SEC tournament that is happening. This week, Vols are in a good spot. We're also talking – we do have some Vol football – obviously talking some baseball. We do have some Vol football news with um, – we actually had someone on Sunday night ask. They, I think we got asked twice, and I, and I missed it both times. I'll try to follow along on the chat tonight too. I'll do my best work. Um, but Tennessee did get a football commit, so we'll talk about that. Hey, I got to be in Neyland for the first time since 2018 today. So Yeah, how was uh, pretty, that? Pretty good day. You know, it was cool. I have some uh, – hey, we're always trying to get better, all right? We don't ever settle. All right, so I've got some. Right, yeah. I hope this isn't the last time they do it because it's a really it was it, it was a fun experience. Um, it was it was cool, and, and I hope they continue to do it. But there's definitely some things I think that can make the overall experience better, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that on the show. Though I don't I don't want to keep you guys too long in the intro. We want we want to get into the meat warm ups warm ups are just warm ups. So that so let's get into the meat of the it, meat, baby. <laughs> exactly. Drop those uh, drop those questions in the chat. Tell us where you're listening from. Um, and I, like I said, I'll try to do a better job today of uh, following along in the chat. Let's do it. So, uh, also, go check out our sponsors, Tennessee Tap House, Hound Dogs, and Blue Water Climate Control. Also, our network, Volunteer Roadshow. Go check them out. Got a lot of great shows for you on there. Um, here's a quick word from our good friends at Blue Water Climate Control. People always ask, where did we get the name Blue Water Climate Control? When a Navy ship casts off lines, exits the harbor, and loses sight of land, that's blue water sailing. It takes a team of people to do that. Tireless work, focus, and attention to detail. So much of starting a business is just like that. After it's done, you get filled with deep satisfaction for accomplishing something. And it's quickly followed by, now the real work begins. We're Blue Water Climate Control. Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Get my fucking 
made up my mind, and I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Read it, did to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Sunday, May 23rd. It has been another fantastic weekend of sports. Uh, if you weren't doing anything this afternoon, or, or maybe even made plans this afternoon to watch the uh, finish at Kiowa and uh, Phil Mickelson at the age of 50 getting his um, first major win in eight years, I believe. Um, probably should have fact-checked that before we got started. Um, but it was just an incredible – also, I think for a lot of people, it's going to be that sports are back moment because you saw the – have you seen the pictures or videos of it yet? No, I haven't. So the crowds, you know, getting on top of um, – Oh, uh, actually, I just, and I just scrolled on Twitter and saw a big, just massive crowd of people. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, <laughs> to the point, like, it was almost – like they probably should have done better crowd control because um, it, it did prevent Brooks Kepka for a minute from getting up onto the green. But like, I think that's going to be like, I think everyone's gonna be like, yeah, we're back. Like we're back to normal. This is it. Um, Cause like, I know there's been plenty of places that have had a hundred percent capacity already at this point. I think is Nash or the Predators at a hundred percent capacity. Cause it certainly looked like it this weekend. I'm not, I'm not sure on that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, if you're a Predators fan, let us know because I'd love yeah, drop, to know. Yeah, drop it in there. Do you, I mean, I assume you saw that video of Taylor Juan. Yuggin. Yeah. <laughs> Yuggin. <laughs> uh, it certainly did not look like social distancing going on. But, yeah, I, I think that today, I mean, everyone was like, tune in, tune in. It, it had, you know, the reminiscent of Tigers win at the Tour Championship, uh, I believe, in 2018 at East Lake, where the crowds, again, were, were following and, and on top. But, but we've been waiting – Tennessee fans, you know, just got to 100% capacity at the baseball stadium uh, last weekend. The all these places are starting to pop up 100% capacity, 100% capacity. Like everything's starting to get back to normal. You have this awesome icon of the game of golf win at a, a big, challenging course in a major, and the crowd is going bananas. The crowd's on top. Like this to me is like, all right, we are back. We're good. Like let's do it. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought it'd be really cool if Tennessee could have clinched that at home. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, you know they they didn't even really get to clinch yesterday. They had to wait and you know see if Vanderbilt lost that game. Um, and you know, thank you for Kentucky. I'm not a Volcat. You aren't either. But yesterday, uh, we, I, I don't. We know. felt we felt ourselves, you know, on the verge of being one. <laughs> no, I won't attribute it. I was that that was hard to kind of root for Kentucky, but I was just rooting for Vanderbilt. That was or against yeah, Vanderbilt. That's all right. Was. Yeah, yeah. You're you're rooting for the for the loss there for Vanderbilt, a program that's, you know, been on the top of college baseball for a long time now. So yeah, that was huge. Um you mentioned, shirts. I bought my shirt today. I need to I need to go in and buy it. Um I do Volshop hadn't responded to me though. I am I'm, I'm needing the uh the smoky golf hat dropped. I, I haven't been able to find it. I know they were on sale at one point. The golf team obviously wears them that's the hat I need, so they need to respond. So I'll so I can purchase both at one time. See, I saw I saw somebody wearing one yesterday. Yeah, they they had sold them at one point, and you know you mentioned too how it would have been awesome if Tennessee had clinched at home with that hundred percent, you know, first time hundred percent capacity crowd. Yeah, that would have been freaking sweet, of course. But the good news is talking about Tennessee taking care of business, taking care of business on the road at South Carolina. Obviously, you always want the more wins, the merrier. You want the sweep, but you did win the series. You you will get the first round by you also clinched according to Jordan rock. Is it not Jordan Rogers? Kendall Rogers, Kendall Rogers, according to Kendall Rogers, you clinched 
and I think I agree with him. You clinched a spot to host a super regional this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, again, just got to take care of business. Um, you know, I thought it was just a great thing to see like this whole rebuild kind of not reach its peak because you still have more to go, but like mm. you, you've seen results. Like there's something in the record books that said Tennessee is a champion of something. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so seeing that is, is really cool to see because like Whoa. that doesn't exist. There's what? no such thing as the East the Eastern Division champion. That's not that's not real. I'm I'm holding on to it. I don't have a lot <laughs> to hold on to at this point, no. so I'm I'm taking that and running with it. Did you not see like Vanderbilt fans saying that on the on Twitter? Oh, yeah, and they had a tweet from 2015 that was that said you're you know 2015 East Division champions. <laughs> yeah, uh, Vanderbilt, you're lucky that Tennessee has been terrible at baseball for so long. That's why you've been so good. So uh, there you go. There's other things that help them, but yeah, Tennessee being bad is definitely assisted the way. Yeah, no, you and you talking about peak, like so. This is and yes, I, I think that you're right about you can like. There's something on paper that you can say they they won this. So that obviously is a momentous. Is that the right word? I don't know. It's a it's a Mile, great milestone. Mark. <laughs> yeah. Milestone. It's a great mark to have. For me, the kind of the like. All right, we've arrived moment and we talked about this with Kiv and I think it's when the nation started really taking notice uh, LSU was the precursor for that I think the, the the sweep of LSU everyone was like oh like we know LSU's down but like that's to sweep them and, and then you know with a walk-off rain delay like that is that's big time look at look at Tennessee and then yep. Vanderbilt series you go in there and you give Vanderbilt everything you've got and in a year that Vanderbilt's you know has the two best pitchers in the nation um, that you saw on back-to-back nights. For me, that was like, that's it. And I know that kind of sucks because it's like, you didn't really win. I mean, you did get a game, but you didn't win. So, yeah, that was like, for me, that was like, he's done it. Like, Tony V's here, baby. And, yeah, I don't know. Kind of, kind of for me, like the like like you mentioned with the Vanderbilt, like you saw that. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, we kind of always play Vanderbilt tough. It's just, right. you know, been that that series that, you know, they usually come out on top, you know, especially recently. But it's always been a hard-fought series. So, I like, was it just us playing, you know, our best baseball? At, but And not the thing that I didn't think this team was good. I thought they were good. But that Arkansas series, I mean, it really clicked to me when you gave them everything they wanted for 27 innings. They yeah. – Tennessee could win a national championship. Like, that's funny, not out of the realm of right. possibility at all. Well, it's funny you said that, you know, did Tennessee play their best baseball? I don't think they did against Vanderbilt. I think there were um, a lot more mistakes. I, I think Arkansas was a much better presentation of their best baseball than, than Vanderbilt. Um, and, and, I mean, series played out very similar. And But I thought Tennessee played its, you know, much closer to its best baseball against Arkansas than it did Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, not that I think, you know, not that I think, because I think if Tennessee plays a perfect game, Vanderbilt's still good enough to win. Right. Like that, that's the way it is. And I think vice versa. Vanderbilt could play a perfect game, but if Tennessee's playing great that day, they could certainly win. Mm-hmm. I think Vanderbilt, ha- you had a lot more mistakes in that series, and Vanderbilt capitalized on those mistakes. And that's really what I think led to, to Tennessee losing that series. Uh, but I thought you played really good baseball, just probably not your best baseball that that weekend um and i think too you know there was some stuff on that that saturday night game which was freaking rowdy and awesome was that when tony vitello got ejected yeah right uh, against vanderbilt 
Was it Saturday night or Friday night? Hmm. I, don't I thought it was me. Saturday night, but I, I could be misremembering. But anyways, I, I think there was just, I mean, everything that kind of led up to that moment, it, it was it was tough for Tennessee to, to to respond from that. Like that that's something that you've got to eventually, you know, if you're going to play in the big games, if you're going to make the big plays, you've got to find ways to respond from it. But that that's tough and uh, overall, this this weekend too, uh, I thought Saturday was Saturday or Friday. Sorry, Friday because they played Thursday, Friday, Saturday this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday just felt like you had your. It was like it was like Kibbit talked about when we were like, "What's what? What takes this team to the next level?" It felt like there, the moments were there, and, and no one could take advantage of it. Uh, and now is that South Carolina just playing good baseball too? Um, you know, did they get, did they benefit from good pitching that night? Yeah, absolutely. But Tennessee definitely had chances and just couldn't, couldn't find a way to, to open the door back up for themselves. And and yeah, they're going to need that, but also you, you want the series. It's, it's, it's a nitpicking thing for sure. Um, but just talking that that's one thing that we talked with kid about just a few weeks ago that you really kind of, you did see that Friday. Yeah, and like at one point, like well, what makes a, what makes Tennessee so good before I really get into South Carolina is like, yeah, you have you have Liam Spence and Max Ferguson up at the top who are kind of different from everybody else. You, you know, they're your your base hitters; they can steal some bases. But three through nine is like you can interchange any of those guys, and mm-hmm. and maybe one through nine, but like realistically, like three through nine, there's not a huge difference in any one of those guys. So uh, opposing pitchers or opposing staffs probably hate that because like, how do you, how do you game plan for like a balanced team like Tennessee is? Cause you're like, Oh, you can throw them away. Well, they can just, we can play small ball. We can hit behind runners. Mm-hmm. We can hit and runs, double steals, sack bunts, bump for hits, um, you know, still bases and, and stuff like that. But we can also hit bombs. Yeah. And, there's plenty you know, of guys on that. And uh, it, it's weird. You haven't really had like a consistent, like you mentioned in that three to nine, you had not had a consistent guy. That's just other than, you know, Evan Russell point out of his mind, those, those couple of weeks that he did, you haven't really had a consistent guy that's just stepped up and been the guy that's, that's going to knock the ball out of the park. Now there's been plenty of guys in that three to nine that have done it. You've had someone consistently doing it in that slot, but it's not always been the same person. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the difference this week is like Tennessee just had more hitters in South Carolina. South mm-hmm. Carolina had three, who carried them? Allen, I think Eister is how you say it, and then Wes Clark. After those three batters, you know, it there's a huge drop off, and Tennessee just doesn't have that. They might not have the the pitching, you know, that every like a team like Arkansas and Vanderbilt has, but man, they have the the hitters. Um, and then you know, Pavoloni coming back and and being healthy, that's been mm-hmm. huge for them. He had a huge weekend. Luke Lipsius was another guy who had a couple home runs and, you know, a huge weekend. That bottom of the lineup, those last four batters, I think at one point they had 17 of Tennessee's 32 hits in the series. So, you know, they just had a phenomenal weekend. And that's that's why I think this team is so special because you can interchange so many guys in that lineup. Whereas South Carolina, I just don't think they have that luxury. And that was a team that's playing really good baseball. Brady Allen gave Tennessee fits all weekend long. Um, those first two games – Thursday and Friday, they're, I think, no, I'm sorry, 27 of their, or sorry, 25 of their 27 innings, they had only scored off home runs. Mm-hmm. So until that that last inning or that eighth inning, um, 
for them where they scored three runs on on Saturday. That was the only time that they scored against Tennessee when it wasn't a home run. So Tennessee just had a a couple pitching mistakes and it turned into, you know, some runs for them, but you know, Tennessee kind of beat this South Carolina team. They jumped on them every single day. Yeah. I think South Carolina scored first yesterday, but in the top of the second we were able to tie it up one to one. So just a great weekend of baseball. You you come out, you know, South Carolina gives you Makes it interesting. It's not a Tennessee sporting event unless it's interesting, making your blood pressure go up, sweating a little bit. But, yeah, and you uh, mentioned it. You even got a little extra of that that Tennessee feeling in the the Vanderbilt Kentucky game. Who I think Kentucky was trailing in the seventh inning, um, and then obviously goes they they go up heading into the ninth. And I believe, I mean, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. There's not a secure lead against them. So you had you had a you had some extra blood pressure uh, battles there. Yeah, and what was crazy, like, you know, going off a little bit about this Kentucky-Vanderbilt game, but Vanderbilt was one strike away. It was like a one-two yeah. count, and they thought they had the strike three, and they didn't call it. They called it a ball. Um, and then, you know, two outs, no runners on. The next five batters get a hit. Um, and, and two of those went for for home runs, and, you know, they take a 7-4 lead, and Vanderbilt's able to get a run back in the bottom of the ninth. but it was over. Right. Right. Um, so just, you know, just a crazy game. I even tweeted and I'll take full credit for that win because like I tweeted, I was like, you know, Kentucky, full credit. I like that. Yeah. How humble of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like Kentucky or Tennessee didn't get any help from Kentucky. You know, this is when they're down to their final out. And then, you know, that happens. Like, what are the odds? I mean, right. You know, we're, I know we're, we're betting guys now, but like, what was, I can't imagine what those odds would have been to like pick Kentucky to win that baseball game at that point. Yeah, no, it had to be. It had to be pretty. You probably would have won some good money if, if you had taken them. Right. I love. Yeah, I love that you uh, you took the. Uh, I'm going to be negative and, and hope everything comes out on top route. I don't know if you planned that or if you legit thought it was over. Uh, I'm not sure which which route. Like like today, coming down the stretch. Not that I wanted Phil to lose, but I have money on Brooks. I was like, he was uh down. I think he was back too with with like two holes remaining and it was me and Brody talking about it. Cause we both had money on Brooks and I was like, it's over. And he's like, are you trying to be negative? And I was like, a little bit, I don't think it's necessarily over, but it's over. Yeah. Like I, I'm hoping uh, this one comes back to bite me, but yeah, I think I gave Landon a hard time about that, but I think everyone, I think most ball fans agreed with you that, that this one was definitely, that was over. Tennessee wasn't going to win the East. Um, well, is yeah, what it you, is. you can never count on a team to help us out any. So like that was <laughs> not Kentucky, especially you're right. I mean, that was super rare. It'll never happen again. So, you know, count your blessings. And another reason for that is, you know, that cancellation against Alabama for the rain really helped that out. Oh, also right. Evan Russell getting, um, getting a hold of Jack Lighter for two home runs and then hitting a game winning, not a game winning, but, a you know, Go ahead, Grand Slam, right? Um, late in that game to to get us get a win, and you know if that stuff doesn't happen, Tennessee doesn't win the East. But you know you need a little bit of luck on your hands, and you know hopefully we're able to get some more of that good juju um, as we head into postseason play. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta have have some luck to win championships. Championships are not all about skill. Gotta have definitely gotta have some help along the way uh, from other teams, from the baseball gods, whatever it may be. You, you definitely need some help. You actually really both. You need a little bit of both sometimes. The I don't, I, you know, talk, looking at this South Carolina series too. You mentioned you mentioned this when you were um, kind of talking about what Tennessee does really well. South Carolina is playing good baseball, and not that they not that they didn't all season, 
but definitely towards the back half of the season, they they were able to kind of find a groove. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, you know, looking at this, you were like, uh, if you're talking about what a – which, I mean, I know there's really no easy series in the SEC. It's actually when I was looking at the, you know, who Tennessee will have to face in the tournament, I was like, oh, man, those two teams gave Tennessee trouble. I was like, I mean, every team gave Tennessee trouble. It's the SEC. It's not, nothing's easy. Right. So, you, you obviously – not that South Carolina, you know, you wouldn't expect it to be easy. There's not any easy teams. But you're like, man, this is a bad time to face South Carolina. First off, everyone's got Tennessee's number right now. They're at the top. Why would you not have that one circled on your schedule? And then also, you've got a team that's just kind of found the groove. You mentioned Wes Clark um, had finally – he was in a slump and finally gets a home run the two days before the series. Yeah, and, you know, that, that first – I guess our Wednesday show, I was like, keep him in the ballpark. <laughs> That game, he goes yard. Uh, I mean, like it's, it's just like it, it's it's tough. And and Kiv said it best. This is a grown man's league, and you know Wes Clark is one of those guys. If you make a mistake, he's going to make you pay. And yep. and just like Luke Lipsius, Max Ferguson, you know some of those get Connor Pavoloni. You make a mistake, they're going to make you pay. Um, and that's why pitchers have to be so dominant in this league to really be good. And. You know, I don't know what the SEC selections are, uh, the all SEC selections are going to be, but if Chad Dallas is not on a list, I'm going to lose my mind. I mean, he, I texted you on Friday or Thursday, Thursday, um, because he was especially nasty on Thursday night. I mean, he oh, had guys gross. looking like uh, he had guys swinging at balls in the dirt. I mean, he was throwing some filthy stuff. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's just a, like he's a dog. Yeah. Like he's it, just like and nine and one. He had eight strikeouts against um South Carolina, seven yeah. and two innings pitch. I mean, there's there's no way like yeah, you can put Jack Lotter and Kamar Rocker and Kevin Copps up there. Yeah, sure. But Chad Dallas should be fourth on that list. Yeah, 100%. and that's the that is the issue with the SEC. You you not only have a ton of good players, you have a ton of good pitching. I mean, easily two of the two of the best in the league. Or in you know that'll two of the best that'll be coming out of the league in the nation, um, and, and then you obviously have have cops too. There are some nasty guys, but Chad Dallas definitely. And it's funny, I've, I've every game now I'm watching the pitchers to like watch their body language and their mentality and their facial expressions. So I'm like, I want to know who the psychopaths are. I yeah. want I want to know. And Chad Dallas has a I think he's got a, in that eye. It, it's in his eyes. He looks a little. Like he's got some psychopaths. Yeah, with, with a name like Cheese, you got to be <laughs> kind of a psychopath. Right? I, I do think I think Blade Tidwell has the upper hand as far as psychopaths go, from what I can tell. I think Sean Hunley does too. He's got that, you know. He might. He's a different animal, though. He's a reliever. It's not the same. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I mean, coming in like the, you know, talking about him a little bit, and, and Blade pitched phenomenal. And he's, yeah. you know, he's really coming to his own, you know, these past couple of series. And, you know, I think that's going to be huge for Tennessee in this postseason where, you know, I was kind of talking to Eric Kane a little bit. And uh, he was he kind of asked me, like, who who would t- Tennessee's, like, next pitchers be? I'm like, that's a good question because, like, in, in midweek games, you haven't really seen it. You know, mm-hmm. they pitched, like, basically nine guys in, you know, that midweek game. Right. Um, so it's it's been a number of guys. Maybe Mark McLaughlin gets that look. But having Blade Tidwell pitching the way that he is, you know, you're not gonna have to use a ton of relievers for any of these guys. You know, they're gonna give you a chance in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth 
inning right. to, to get the job done. So, you know, they've done phenomenal. Will Heflin, another phenomenal outing from him. Uh, Blade, Chad Dallas, you know, just a great weekend of, of mm-hmm. pitching from Tennessee. And, you know, they give up a – they drop a game, weren't able to get some some timely hits and gave up a, a huge three-run home run that you know ended up being the ball game. But, uh, you know, Sean Hunley coming in the position that he did yesterday – to minimize the damage and right. get get out of that inning, and then the next inning give up give up a leadoff double, no outs, three straight yeah. strikeouts. I mean, I think Tony Vitello said, you know, I don't know if he could say that, um, but he was like, you know, big stones. Yeah, no, I definitely. <laughs> I mean, stones. to go out there and after the double, he threw. No, that wasn't that inning. I was about to say, didn't he? I mean, he was. It was pretty much all strikes, wasn't it? In that yeah, strikeout, I mean, he and, wasn't throwing that, around guys. Yeah, I mean, he was. He was going after him. He was challenging them for sure. And uh, you know, he he wasn't going to give those guys. You know, Brady Allen, West Clark, Eister, East. I don't know how you say it. Sorry. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, he's something like that. He's their their two hole hitter. Um, but he wasn't giving them anything to hit. He was like, you know, I'm paying the outside corner. You're gonna have to go oppo taco to to take it out of here because I'm I'm not letting it I'm not letting you pull the ball out of here. Um and that that's you know that that's kind of been Tennessee all year long. They don't have the Blade Tidwell's got the 97 mile an hour fastball, mm-hmm. but you know, he hasn't really commanded it as as good as you know you'd like to see with a guy with 97 mile an hour stuff. But you know, he's like I said, he's really coming on these past uh, couple weekends. Yeah, and I'll say that you know, has he done it consistently all season? You you could certainly argue not. But Arkansas last Sunday. Sure. Oh, he was going. He was going with some velocity at him for. I think he pitched seven innings that day, mm-hmm. and he was taking it to him for seven innings with that that ninety-seven mile per hour fastball. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, hopefully, you get more of that in postseason. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to see that. And you know, going back to the pitchers, I don't know who's you know next. Mark McLaughlin, Jason Racker, some of those guys. But man, it's. What you have starting pitching, you know, hopefully you don't really have to get there very often. Um, right. You know, and and if you do, I think you have the lineup where, you know, hopefully that team is in that same position where you have a lineup that you can just tee off on, on you know, somebody's number four. Yeah. So so do you have, like, who's your idea? Because I, I think that I, I've had that question asked. I've asked that question. Who is Tennessee's next pitcher right now? Because out – there's a obviously, like you said, you don't want to get that far. But the fact is, you, in postseason, you're probably gonna end up at least one game where you've got to really, you've got to find, you got to find an extra guy in that bullpen that can come out and give you an inning or two. Yeah, um, I think it would probably be Mark McLaughlin for me, um, just because we've probably seen him, you know, start the the midweek games pretty mm-hmm. consistently. But I mean, you know, Jason Racker is another good guy. Elijah Pleasance. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know at this point because you really haven't played around with, you know. I know that uh, Carey, I think, for for South Carolina, came out of the bullpen and, and you know started the the game for them the other day. And you know Tennessee really hasn't done that to this point in the season. It's kind of been you know Will Heflin, Blade Tidwell, mm-hmm. and, and and Chad Dallas. Um, would love to have Jackson Leith. I think that would. Golly. That would be huge. Um, but you don't have that, so you, you got to make the best of it. And Tennessee seems to have a uh, a plan in place to 
I think they got enough arms. It's just, you know, you're going to have to score runs behind some of those guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you, you do have to figure out how to say, you know, and I think too, wouldn't you say, so yeah, I believe you mentioned this with back on that three run Homer. Wouldn't you, I mean, wouldn't you say, and I'm not trying to say just like Tennessee's pitching isn't great or anything like that, but I mean, a lot of these games have been lost on a pitch. You're not making a ton of mistakes, um, you know, defensively. You're not, you're not putting yourself in terrible situations with runners on. It's, you've got, I mean, obviously some of these, the three run homer, you you do have guys in scoring position there. Um, And I think A&M, I think was a series, was a, a game similar to that with just, one or two pitches that that made that game an uphill battle for you and then eventually ended it for you. Um, so I think, it, you know, if you can try to eliminate – obviously, those mistakes are going to happen, and you've got to find ways to respond from them. But if you can find ways to limit those, and I think they – if you look at the season as a whole, they have. They're not like, – there's not a ton of them. But right. there's one to two pitches that, that guys are able to take advantage of and score with. Yeah, I mean, that – it's going to happen in this league. I mean, yeah. like the, these are major league players right. soon to be. Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to happen. I think the only way to minimize that is, and Tennessee's done a good job of this, is not put guys – like make guys earn it. And they yeah. haven't put a lot of guys on. They don't walk a lot of guys. Yeah, that's and a great I, point. I think that's that's been huge to kind of minimize those home runs. But, yeah, like a three-run home run, like that's, that's tough to come back from. Yeah. I mean, look, look at it with – yeah, uh, Saturday, Pavoloni hits a three-run home run. It's hard for South Carolina to dig out of that hole. Yeah, they're able to get three runs in that eighth inning, but you know it was the deciding factor in that in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, yeah, this is, uh, the mistakes are going to happen, especially in this league, and guys are going to take advantage of them. So I think, I think you know, every time we sit here and say what the Tennessee got to be better at, I always feel like we're you know being super nitpicky, and which is good. That means you means you've got a good baseball team i'd love to be that way with with football i feel like we are that way with basketball quite a bit um but you know that's that's just the way it goes when you have a good team the okay also i'm glad i didn't forget this um what the f with that review on friday is that saturday that was saturday that was saturday Saturday. yeah i mean like crap (laughs) It, it was unreal it was unreal and you know i I'm not one to like say, you know, you, you lost because officiating and stuff like that. But man, like Tennessee didn't get any help from reviews. And then South Carolina made some plays that, you know, major league players don't make. I mean, their third baseman made that play that diving into the stands. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's on Derek Jeter's like number one play of all time. <laughs> also, you, t- yes, at that, the play we're talking about. That play by South Carolina's first baseman was incredible. Yeah. So number one, just catch that and not be an error. Yeah. Number the first two, to keep your, did, did one too. Yeah. It was the same to, thing. to keep your to keep your foot in a position where you can get back on the bag that quick. Phenomenal play. But he like I don't know if he was one hundred percent safe. But you could not you, you you had nothing to overturn that nothing. No, no. I mean, it, like it's I don't know. The, I, like. They replayed it over and over and over again, and still, like, there wasn't one thing I was like, "Yeah, that's clear cut," or right. "Yeah, he might have he might have been on the back." Like, I was just like, "Yeah, you can't tell. It's got to be safe because there's no way to overturn that." Right, and that's what the announcers thought too. Yeah, and, and Pete, and then the Pete Durkay, he was out. 
There's no Dalmamon. Like, yeah. that one was out. But it just pisses me off that they can go to the monitor that quick. And I don't know. It, first off, the camera angles we saw of that play, I don't know how you could have I, – I mean, did you walk in and they were like, yeah, we, we can barely see it. It's in the corner of the screen. All right, well, in that case, we can't, can't overturn it. Because that, that's the only reason you should have walked away from that that quick. Yeah. Because I mean, it was close. Yeah, I got zero help from reviews, you know, going all in South Carolina's favor. And, you know, props to Tennessee for not letting that bother them. I mean, just right. – again, like – they have played like players up and down this lineup that has freaking ice in their veins. Sean Hunley, you know, it was Max Ferguson last weekend against Arkansas. It's been a Evan Russell. It's Jordan Beck, Drew yep. Gilbert against LSU. You know, just a ton of guys and a ton of huge moments this season have really come up huge. And, you know, I think this is a program where it seems like everybody in the program, you know, from – you know, support staff, the training staff, the players, the coaches, everybody seems to be on the same, same wavelength. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, they're doing a great job of hiding it because that that's what it absolutely looks like from, you know, just getting to sit down with, you know, Kiv and, you know, we sat down with former players, you know, Zerker, who's director of baseball operations. It just seems like everybody's knows the goal. Everybody knows like, yeah, we welcome personality. We like, you know, bat flips, walk-offs, Stolen bases, all this stuff. Yeah. But, and I think Kiv said it best. He's like, you know, hard work is mandatory. Yeah. And it just seems like everybody's bought into this program. And I hope that, I hope that other, other teams around that university really catch on to that and, and see it and be like, okay, that, this is what we need to implement. This is what mm-hmm. we need to do. Everybody needs to be bought in because it's, it's like an assembly line. Like if one person's not bought in, it throws everything off. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, the the culture at Tennessee baseball looks every bit of a championship team. So it's good to see that they're they're getting rewarded for that. With their, I mean, and they're there's it's not just in terms of like how they act; it's it's also how they play. Um, but the culture looks like championship team, and so to, to see them get, yeah, it's not the one you necessarily want. You, you, now that you assume you're going to get that, get into the one you want. But hopefully you see more championships from it. Yeah, just got to keep on grinding. Um, you know, hopefully you're you're able to get those facilities where you're able to compete with, you know, these SEC teams God, off the hope. field as well as on. But, I mean, props to this program and, and this coaching staff just recruiting the right guys, number one, mm-hmm. and then selling like – you know, this is what this is how we're going to play. This is how we're going to do things, and you know, we're going to win baseball games. Yeah, we don't have the incredible indoor facility, but we got passionate fans who are going to you know take a hold of you guys and love on you, and you know, show you all kinds of support. Right, and you just got to buy in. Like the rest is going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just hopefully. props to them for yeah. I mean, yeah, hopefully, but you know, props for them to to selling that. Because that, that's a tough thing to do without those, you know, huge facilities. I know the Tennessee football program, and that's easy for them to sell. Like, hey, we have this, 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 and this. Yeah, we're not winning games yet, but we right. have all this. You know, and I think, too, it's it's going to – I hope there's a big financial commitment to, to Tennessee here in the next uh, – Tennessee baseball here in the next few months, hopefully. Now? Because, <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's already done, actually. But, I, you know, I think it's going to make it – I hope an even better 
overall product because the wins came before the facility. Like I hope Tony Vitello should have, you should have his hand in it. He's the guy, make him the guy, give him the money. And I was telling someone, I was like, I honestly don't, I think if Tony Vitello, if it was like, you know, obviously this is an NCAA rule, but if they were like, give me my third assistant and I'll be here for a while. I feel like that would be a thing he would do. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like, I feel like the money, like he don't, he doesn't have a wife. He I mean, I don't know him. It's, I yeah, like we don't we don't know him personally, but like it, it just seems like he's more interested in his program than like than anything else. <laughs> financial gain. And I think you know, you want the money. Everybody wants the money. If you right. and you and you see your your guy that you're first off, the guys that you're you're kicking their ass every weekend making more money than you, of course you're gonna want it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the money it's got if you want to keep him around, you gotta pay him. I'm not saying no, take the shortcut and don't pay him. But I think I think the first thing you need to do because he he's also one of the first guys to take the um I guess pay cut. I don't know if that's the right word, pay cut during the pandemic. Like he was one of the first guys to do it. Yeah. So I think if you really want if you want him to be committed, you know, beyond this just this season or the next couple seasons, you need to show commitment to the program with with facility upgrades and you know, support and recruiting, uh support in admission, like whatever you need to support him in beyond be, – because I think if, I think if you just walked in and offered him a raise and that was it, I think he would laugh in your face. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because like he's, he, about, he's about getting the guys in there. And how do you, you don't get the guys in there by paying the coach a million dollars. Right. <laughs> like that, they don't give a shit about that. Right, yeah. He, he's more interested in the facility upgrades than his own personal paycheck. He gets, he gets paid a lot of money. I mean, like, yeah, he probably doesn't make as much as Tim Corbin and, you know, other guys like yeah. like that in the SEC. But, like, he wants the facilities. He wants to be able to to recruit and be like, hey, we have this same as Florida. Yeah. But you also get to play with a, this great coaching staff. I mean, I mean, it's it would be an easy sell to come play for Tennessee if they had those facilities. And then, then the raises are coming. Yeah, and I think, too, I, I mean, I think that that's the biggest thing. It's like if you want to win consistently – so it's, it's like it, everyone – so this is what my point. Everyone says the first thing Danny White should be doing is working on Tony Vitello, Tony Vitello's contract. No, that's not the first thing you should be doing. The first thing you should be doing is you should already have the contractor in place to upgrade the stadium. Like that should already be done. Upgrade well, the facilities. The first thing you should do and be like, hey, Tony, what, do you, what can I do to help you? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean I just think – I mean like you – so let's say this. This is but what that, I say. But, but he's probably going to go upgrades like that. Yeah, yeah. Not that I believe. Not that I don't believe in what Tony Vitello is doing or, or is going to do. Um, but he's like you mentioned. If you want to recruit consistently, you, you've got to have the, the other things to to play with the SEC programs. Yeah. So if we, if, if Danny White's first order of business is paying Tony Vitello a million dollars and you don't focus on anything else, is Tony Vitello going to be able to be able to win games? In five years, yeah, because and, and not that he's you know he's going to have some he's going to have some good seasons, or he you know he would and, and but if if you can't recruit consistently, you're also going to have some seasons where you're you're not great. Yeah, I mean if if you're like, hey, this is just the start, just winning the East. You don't want this to be your peak, right? You know, you want to keep building on this and and win more championships, win the whole damn SEC, win the SEC tournament, win. Yeah. A, Win a regional, super regional, make it to College World Series, you know, be in the championship series if you know, win it. I mean, like there, there's a bunch more that you can build on with this program. This shouldn't be the peak. So yeah, please 
Please make your commitment. Make to a commitment. Baseball. I think yeah. that, yeah, just make the commitment to Tennessee baseball and do what needs to be done. Write the check. Sorry, don't write the check. Leave it blank. Didn't they give you, like you need to put like lump sum of money back from the SEC or something? Yeah, like that? and the, I, I'm kind of curious because there wasn't. So the SEC essentially gave every team a um, uh, an advance on the next couple years or maybe next year's. You know what you get from the conference. And I'm not sure like what's that what that is if there's something that's specifically supposed to be allocated to if you get to use it. So here's my best guess is obviously with this year you didn't make the same amount of money that you would normally make in a year. Neither did the SEC. So that lump sum was probably less. So they went ahead and did an advance for next year. So I would imagine a lot of that's probably going to go into your normal operating expenses. It sounds right? like a big down payment to me is what it seems like. <laughs> I mean, I just think you – I think Danny White should have – you know, the only person he should be calling right now, the only people are people that can give money to the baseball program. And I'm not yeah. talking about the fans that you're going, you better invest, which, again, Danny White made. Yeah, sure, did I take his – you know, I read the whole article, so I didn't take them out of context. Let, let, let me say that. Um, obviously, maybe not everything you say can be quite put onto paper. Um, so I didn't have a problem with what he said on Swain event. He said pretty much what I was like, you should, that's how you should view it. But you should definitely be on the phone with the people who can write big checks to make that commitment to baseball. That's who you should be calling. That's who you should be asking to be fully in. Sell full in to them. Yeah. And, and to kind of go like. Well, let me, let me say this too. The fans that like the ones that can't write the big check, like all they can do is buy tickets or buy the shirts. They bought the shirts and they were in Lindsey Nelson a week ago. Like they they made their full commitment. Yeah, and that's that's probably like what you're gonna get if you want more of that. You need to put more freaking seats in that stadium. Yeah, hundred percent. Put more seats in it. Um, but yeah, I've, but Vitello's kind of hinted at like him and and Danny White have been in talks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, we're, we're not just saying like Danny White needs to do this, you know. I think they are on their right. way, but like, I, I want to see it, I need to see it. Were those re- what do you think those renderings were? Do you think they this is, I mean, we know facility upgrades have kind of been on the especially since you saw the field upgrade, facility upgrades have been in the talks for a while. Like, this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't brand new. Um, right. You know, this isn't only being talked about because Tennessee's doing well I mean, this it, year. It, it's been a, a long overdue renovation right. to the stadium. Yeah, and Philip Fulmer started to make that commitment to baseball. Mm-hmm. Like, it was happening. It was in the process. And so the renderings, you saw the leaked renderings. Were those real? Were those – is that is that what the, is that what they're going to be? I, what do you think? Well, so <clears throat> I actually got to talk to Ross Kivett as soon as Danny White got hired. And he was like, you know, he knew the Kansas State AD. So, he like, he, he liked him. And I, I got to do some research on Danny White, and he had a big hand. Like, he he knows how to build a, a SEC program at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows what that's like. But he had a big hand in kind of revamping UCF's baseball program and making it something where it's not just a, a laughable – stadium right. on on campus um you know he had a big hand in you know raising a lot of money building a, a you know indoor facility and stuff like that so he's he's done it to where like like he knows what an sec program needs and he's done it at like at his previous stop where he's raised money for a, a baseball program right and now now you have guys that like you have guys in the mlb you have you know donors that donate just tons of money to the 
you know, not just the baseball program, but the, the athletic program at, at, mm-hmm. at Tennessee. Um, so you, you have a lot bigger pockets in Knoxville than you do in Orlando. So, you know, I expect Danny, Danny, why hasn't steered us wrong yet? Right. I mean, so far, so far, so good. So, I mean, like he, he opened up to hundred percent. So whatever, like wherever we're throwing at Danny White, he seems uh, so far he's, he's hitting it pretty good. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Well, uh, keep, we'll, we'll stay on the train for as long as, long as we feel he's like not we're going to the, the right park. Yeah. But he's, he's yeah. getting some good contact. Yeah. I'll say, I'll say, uh, with the renderings might not, you know, which I don't know how much of it, because like I said, this has been going on for a while. The renderings, you know, they look good. Um, they, I didn't get my berm, but maybe one day one you day. have to build the hill. That, that, that makes it difficult. I understand that, but build the hill. And we can get some dirt. <laughs> build the exact, there's dirt, there's dirt all over that campus. Figure hey, it out. I, I know I know a guy that um, can mow that thing for you if you there need you to mow. Um, we know some landscapers. Hey, we can we can be a part of this. I mean, yeah. if you want, I can't you know give a a crap ton of money, but hey, I can get you some connections where you can get some some good deals on some stuff. Absolutely, and I've got I'm, I'm an idea guy. I'm an idea guy, so yeah, I don't go. have the money or the. Uh, the effort to make it make it put it into you know into place like you would need to do, but I I, I will give you the idea. Yeah, like, uh, I've got like, some ideas. I've I got can't some ideas give you a lot of golf. money, but I can make you a lot of money. There you go. I like that. It's a good <laughs> selling point. The uh, I'm gonna when we get into top golf, I got some great ideas for hopefully the next time top okay. golf comes to Neyland. Yeah, because it was cool, but need, like we said, we can always get better. The okay, so let's let's just talk. I know we stuck on Tennessee baseball for a while, and we could we could keep going, but I do want to talk about. The SEC tournament, which is starting on Tennessee, won't play on it until uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, but it starts, it starts on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so I do want to talk about postseason. Tennessee obviously gets that two seed. They have the first round bye. They, I mean, again, there's no easy games, but you're you're off of Arkansas side. And, you know, maybe see them in the hopefully in the championship if they get there. Uh, obviously, their focus is on you know regional already. I'm sure the games that, you know, winner, winner go home at that point um, or the series, at least looking at Tennessee's landscape. First off, I mean, I like that. I think with this team, you can't convince me they don't want to win every single game, even if it's not a do or die type game. So I, I think Tennessee, maybe if they don't bring their all, you know, with their best, I think whoever's on the field is going to be really going after it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, some, some teams want to win the whole thing, like like a team like Auburn. They're not going to be in a regional. Yeah, hey, some some teams like if they want a chance, they got to go win a game or two in, in in Hoover. Right, like like Auburn's not going to be a regional unless they win the whole thing, which right. I don't think is possible. But hey, like you want to play spoiler, you know th- this is this is the time to to shine. And you know when guys like at Arkansas or Vanderbilt, you know, I don't know what their coaches' philosophy are on the SEC tournament. I know some coaches don't like it, and, you know, they're not going to pitch their their best guys a, a ton. But I think Tennessee wants to win. You know, I don't yeah, know if they're going to – I think Arkansas and, and, you know, Mississippi State do too. It's just they – every room – the guys in the locker room, we know what, what the SEC tournament need, means. We know the regional is where, where your focus is. The guys in the locker room know that too. Yeah, and, like, you, you don't know what – Vitello's philosophy is, you know, right. he might go out there and pitch Chad Dallas complete game and be like, <laughs> let's go win them. 
Yeah, um, we're going to play. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that'll be the case. He'll probably be on a, you know, a pitch count of some sort and, and be ready for a regional play that weekend. But, you know, I, th- I think Tennessee is going to at least pitch their guys. You know, I don't think they're going to give Chad Dallas a weekend or a, a week off. Right. Um, hey, here's my hope, though. Like you said, he, Chad Dallas will come out early. Uh, the Sean Hundley may not finish the game out. Like these guys are going to be – you mentioned on pitch counts. Maybe you find that next guy this week. Get them into. You mentioned how you know they when they play those weekday games, they're not they're not getting a ton of pitches in. They're yeah. not getting so maybe this weekend or this week, excuse me, you find that next guy because you're 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 pulling your guys a little bit earlier. So maybe yeah. maybe you get a new dog. Yeah, I think you get them some work a little bit. Um, you know, I think that's my hope. Like I think that's. I, I don't I, think Tennessee has enough starting pitchers that we've seen up to this point that you can right. just go out there and not pitch. A Blade Tidwell, Will Heflin, Chad Dallas in any game. Right. Um, now, if they do, I mean, dang, tune into the SEC network because there's going to be a lot of runs scored. Yeah. In this in this week, I, I think it gets started on 10:30 Eastern time. You could see Kentucky and Florida, and if teams aren't going to pitch their best pitchers, there's going to be a lot of runs scored. So, yeah. Tune in, and hopefully, you know, th- this boosts the the ratings up a little bit, and you're able to get a lot of Tennessee baseball on national television. Uh, come next season, Absolutely. And, and, and all SEC baseball, not just Tennessee, but right. That's and all I, I think, really care about. but I think my hope is that Tennessee does find that next guy in the in this. Obviously, win games. I, I know the I understand the outlook of the SEC tournament, but I mean, you want the you want the you know, the name champion, like you want that, right? Yeah, I mean, if you find yourself in a, the SEC championship game, I mean, you got to go like balls to the wall and not that yeah. I think this team will take a day off but you know Kiv mentioned like those midweek games they've dropped a couple because you know it, this schedule and this SEC gauntlet is such a grind that it's you know it takes a lot out of you so you know yeah. coming back and you know starting that grind all over again on you know you get done on Saturday you're starting again Tennessee is on Wednesday that's a short turnaround to you know get up for for more SEC baseball Absolutely. Okay, so that, looking at this, and and I think I think this is almost more fun than like to predict like the SEC basketball winner because that that's a little bit different, um, m- much different sports, much different outlook. Um, even so, but my question is, who who's your winner? Who who's going to be the champion next Sunday in in Hoover? Oh man, mm. I think Arkansas is the best team in the country. Um, right. so I'll probably go with, with them. Um, but I mean, even knowing what you know with that, that's why I think it's an interesting question because you know, Arkansas is maybe not going to bring their bet, like their team collective best. Right. So do you, so, I mean, th- I guess this is my question is Arkansas, you, you assume teams like that, the guys that play are going to bring their best. So is Arkansas's next group is their best better than, LSU and Georgia and Vanderbilt because yeah, that, that's I think that's another, why I think it's an interesting question. Yeah, I think another team to really watch out for, and it's a team that's got a really good lineup, and that's Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a ton of good hitters, so yeah, maybe that next. And I don't know what their pitching looks like after their starters, but you know, I know they got a really good lineup, and if they're playing those guys, they got a good chance to win any game they're in. Um, and same with Arkansas, they got a ton of you know really good hitters. Vanderbilt has a ton of really good hitters, great lineup. So probably any those three, but I think Tennessee has has that lineup too. Where you know I, I mentioned you know 
probably three to nine are, are very interchangeable. They're a team like, yeah, we might not have our stud and Chad Dallas, but we got a lineup. You know, if you're not pitching your stud either, it's it's game on. And right. you know, we can score a ton of runs at at in any game. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, yeah, that's why I thought the question though. I, I wanted to see. I, I don't disagree with Arkansas or anything. It's just they're going to need their best from a lot of people. Um, so Florida, Florida, I like. I do like that for for you know one reason specifically because you talk about what you need. Florida is trying to host a super regional right now. They're not a top eight team, right? If you yeah. if you go win the SEC standings. SEC standings, SEC championship. You're more than likely a top eight I, team at that. Yeah, point. you're definitely in the conversation because some of those, some of those teams like a, I know this is more for regional play, but some of those teams like didn't even bid. Yeah, on like a host side. So if you didn't even bid on it, like you're not. Even if you were supposed to be a top sixteen seed, you're probably going to be a two seed because you didn't place your bid. I guess that's a it, did, did Florida bid. I think so. Okay. I'm not uh, – I don't know who – like, I know the 20 teams that they, like, did it down to. I don't – was Gainesville in that? I think it was. I don't remember. I'd yeah, because they're going to be a regional host. Okay. Um, but as far as super regional, like, the, yeah, they have a chance to – But you got to go win some games in, right. in Hoover. you got to go win some games. So, yeah, I, I think that's a very interesting pick. Probably, probably one of the – I would say probably the best – team of like the the next tier of teams in the SEC. Like are they number 1 in the SEC? No, they're they're behind they're behind Arkansas and Vanderbilt, probably behind Tennessee. Um, you know, behind Mississippi State, but I would say they're probably the best of the the second tier. Oh yeah, like if they went and if they beat Kentucky and then go beat Mississippi State, maybe third tier. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. I mean, like that's how good this this conference is. Um mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Kentucky, South Carolina swept Kentucky, but Kentucky was able to get a game on Tennessee and uh, Vanderbilt. So they're not like they have one of the best hitters in the conference and TJ Collette. And, uh, you know, Colton Kessler hit that bomb to put them up against Vanderbilt in the, in the ninth of that game. I keep wanting to say it's on Sunday, but it's on, it was on Saturday. Um, so, I mean, like all these teams, like, could potentially win. You just don't know how the coaches are going to play it because, like, who's going to pitch their studs, who's not, you know, yep. who's going to be in the lineup, who's not. It's just a, a weird kind of tournament thrown in. Like, it's just like, hey, do this real quick. And then, yeah. like, we're going to get to something like – not to say the SEC tournament doesn't count, but it doesn't hold it, a bone to – uh, well, in the grand regional. scheme, of, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't count. Like, if we, obviously, it, so we, I think, I think the best way to say it doesn't count is it can put some teams in into the the region into an NCAA regional, but it, I don't, I don't, I, mean, I don't think it would play any teams out. And I'm not talking about teams on the cusp, but you know, if they drop another game, they're looking at not making a regional. I'm, I'm talking about. Like teams that you look at it and you're like they're definitely in. Like it wouldn't take any teams out. Like they, you can't get eliminated in the SEC tournament. Is my point. Right, and we we're looking season. yesterday or Saturday, going into Saturday, like Tennessee didn't know if they're going to be a top four seed in the SEC SEC tournament, so yeah. they weren't going to get you know that extra day off, which is I think huge for teams. 
um, when you're talking about, you know, going all weekend playing SEC baseball and then, you know, picking it up three days later. You know, Tennessee's able to get another day of rest. And, you know, that's that's why that game was huge on, on Sunday, not just because, yep. yeah, you want to win that series. You want to go 6-0 and and SEC Road Series on the season. You want to have a chance to, to put yourself in, in front of that, you know, the East. But it was a big game to just get another day of rest. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So just another grind. And, you know, I, I think Vitello mentioned it after the, the series. It was just like, you know, we're we're ready to get this thing going. And, uh, you know, this having games like, you know, a five to four game where you're in tough situations, you know, it, it sets you up for that postseason play that's, you know, where you're not having to play a, an SEC team in, in the regionals. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. probably going to have to – you know, beat some maybe in a super or definitely in the college world series, you're going to have to knock some of those teams off. But, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's a cakewalk, but it's, it's definitely not as tough as a, you know, SEC team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, make sure you, that starts again Tuesday. Uh, it is 10 30. That is the first game, Florida and Kentucky. So you'll find out, uh, if Landon, see if Landon can get a, get hot early in that game, in that, uh, in the SEC tournament with predictions. And then Tennessee will play their first game Wednesday at 2 p.m. against the winner of Alabama and South Carolina. You can watch that game on Tuesday at 2 p.m. All in Hoover. Hoover, All in Hoover. Yeah, like, it, like it, I said. Did Hoover get to 100%? Yes, Hoover is at 100%. Uh, that should be a – And I'm so is Omaha. About, I don't know if we've mentioned that before, but Omaha uh, I don't. Be we did mention the NCAA opening it up. I don't know if we mentioned Omaha specifically being 100%. But, I mean, I think going to be a great atmosphere in Hoover. Uh, a lot of fans wanting to go to just games in general. So, I think it could be a really, really good atmosphere. It usually is anyways. Um, and I think this year could just add to that. So, definitely. Yeah, that, that's definitely on a bucket list of mine is to make it to Hoover. Definitely Omaha would be better than Hoover. But, you know. I think a full week. And, like, obviously, you would, you can never guarantee Tennessee is going to be there a full week. But a full week of, of Tennessee being in Hoover would be – a full week regardless is fun. Full week where you're going to a Tennessee game each day would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. George, I, um, Florida fan, been in here talking. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm not on chat. He mentioned the – oh, where do we start with? I missed a lot. I, I'm going to learn the chat one day. <laughs> learn There's the some, chat. <laughs> some talk about the, the Florida. We were talking about what Florida's got after their starters. Um, Addison said – the bullpen's a little overrated. I don't know. Like I, I don't. I haven't really heard a lot about Florida's bullpen. Can they be overrated if there's not much talk? Wait, what? What'd you say? Sorry. If it, you know, I, there's not been much talk about Florida's bullpen. So can they be overrated if there's not much conversation? I mean, uh, <laughs> they're not as good as Arkansas's. I'll say no, that. no, no. But I mean, there's not. I don't. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about Florida's bullpen like that. Like no one's been like, oh, they're. They're up there with Vanderbilt and Arkansas, and they might be. They probably sh- they. I mean, really, I'm just saying they probably should. Can you be overrated though? If it, like I haven't heard much of that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. George also asked if you had to pick two teams, who do you think it's going to be in the in the finals? And he said for the national championship. I was I was actually hoping Florida would help us out and win in the the whole SEC. Yeah, but uh, you're hoping one didn't you? get any help from them this weekend. They weren't gonna help. They no. were never gonna help. No. 
Yeah, Arkansas got that sweep this weekend against Florida. Um, so two two national championship teams. Do you have two that you're willing to throw out there? I mean, if you had to tell me right now, it's it's definitely going to be two SEC teams. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I mean, I know Texas and Texas Tech both have had really good seasons. Um, I don't I don't know where they really rank up there though. Again, you know. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see when they finally take on like an SEC team in a series to see how that plays out. Right. Um, but yeah, they're they're definitely up there. I think if safe, I think Arkansas. Yeah. And yeah, if you're gonna go safe. And as far as another team, I mean, Vanderbilt has a ton of hitters, and you know they mm-hmm. have a starting pitching. But I just don't like. Some of their RBI guys just don't wow me. Like, like they're RBI, like statistically they don't wow me. Um, right. Like CJ Rodriguez, who I, I think is one of the best catchers in the SEC, he had like what twenty one RBIs on the season. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. weird for like a five hole hitter. Um. So I, I don't, you know, I don't. I think Arkansas is better than Vanderbilt. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and uh, we we can at least say we're right because the standings prove that for us right now. Um, mm-hmm. So we at least yeah. get that that win. But I would I would certainly agree that Arkansas is the better of those two two teams. Um, and, I, and I think right now too, if you know if I'm looking at it from a non biased point, obviously I'm a Tennessee fan, and I think Tennessee can play with anybody because that's that's what my orange tells me. But I, I don't think Tennessee's quite to the level. And I, I don't know exactly what's missing. And I don't, I don't know if I could even put it into words. You know, I, the thoughts I have, what's missing, I, I don't think I could put it – like I don't think I could explain it well. But I just think they're just just right below Arkansas and Vanderbilt. And it's not – like I don't I don't think – is it talent? Like I, I don't think that's the right way to frame it. Because I, yeah. you know, I think Tennessee's got just and, as many dudes on their team as Arkansas does. Or is it national media that like just continues to put well, those two ahead like that? That's yeah. That I mean, both of those teams beat Tennessee in a series. Yeah. But I, I think part, part of it's of it. I think part of it's just winning too. Like not just in this, not just this this year and, and winning the series, but like Arkansas and Vanderbilt have been doing it for so so much longer right now, like mm-hmm. than Tennessee has. So it's just there. There's something that I I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's like. Like, what really separates Alabama and Ohio State besides championships? Like, why are they not on the same tier? Yeah, I mean, you're in and you're out. They have the same five stars, probably. I mean, obviously, Urban Meyer's gone now, but I mean, they've had the the great coach. Probably have another great coach right now, and, and uh, Ryan Day. But it's just like, what's truly? Because you wouldn't you wouldn't put Ohio State and Alabama in the same tier, right? No, absolutely not. But like, I mean, like like Alabama's a tier of its own. That's fair. Okay, I mean, okay, what about Clemson and Ohio State? I mean, yeah, I mean, Clemson is just one more, I guess, meaningful. I don't know if that is the best word. Yeah, it's just like like, there's something that separates for me in my eyes, that tier. Yeah, and and maybe it is is. just like consistently – yeah, being in in the postseason, consistently winning in the postseason. May, yeah, maybe it, it is that. Um, and that's not a knock on this staff or, or this program. It just Tennessee hasn't been yeah. up to this point in such a long period of time. I mean, you know, winning the East for the first time since 1997. Right. That's insane. 
And I guess for me, when I'm like, I can't put it into words, I guess what it is, it's like, yeah, you're winning. Yeah, you're, but you haven't knocked off the two guys that you got to knock off to win at all. Yeah. Like you haven't done knock. So when you knock them off, like I, I'm, I'll, I'll put you on that tier. Yeah. Kind of like I Ohio mean, State. Ohio State's won, they've won the, they've won the Big Ten plenty. They've gone to the uh, college football playoff plenty, but I'm not going to put you on that same tier until you knock one of them off. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they had their chances right. and they, they didn't. I mean, they were in a rubber match of both of those games. Yep. Um, they were up. Which, which again, Arkansas. is like like um, plenty to say about like that. Right. Like, and and it's like Tennessee shouldn't be up to this point in, in no. this in the Vitello's fourth year. They they just shouldn't. Like they shouldn't have built what they've built with the facilities, with you know what was there when they inherited it. Like Tennessee mm-hmm. just didn't have a winning culture, and they've built that. And you know they've done a lot more with a lot less. Right. In, in an Arkansas Vanderbilt, so yeah, that's what just that's what makes this team so fun to watch. Is like they they the way that they win, the, mm-hmm. like it's it's gritty. It's like it's old school mixed with a little bit of new school. Yeah, they have the bat flips, but they like I, I mentioned earlier, they have the the bunts. They yeah. you know they hit and run stuff like they they play that small ball, but yeah, they can actually they can go yard too. I mean, they got some freak athletes like a Jordan Beck who can hit it probably farther than, you know, just about anybody in the country when he gets a hold of one. Um, right. You know, they have Max Ferguson, who's just a, a freak athlete. Liam Spence, I mean, he's just had a phenomenal year. You know, that on-base streak came to an end um, in that Thursday night game. But, like, he's he's been consistent all year. I mean, they, they're just a lot of fun to watch. Um, and, and, like, it, it makes you want to buy into it. Like, everybody seems like they're bought in and it's like, I got to buy in too. Gritty. That's why this team's fun to watch. Gritty. Like that word you used earlier. That, that is, that's why, again, hard to put into words, like why this team's so much fun to watch, but gritty. Like that's, I think that's the best way to say it. Yeah. And the goal from here on out, it's like, yeah, let's, let's win all these games. Hey, let's, let's keep playing. Like, that should be the, yeah, let's, let's just keep playing. Let's keep doing it. You know, it, it's going to be some home games from, you know, as soon as you hit regional play, super regionals. Yeah, shoot, you, you really might as well win them when you're playing in front of your home fans. Yeah, it's going to be 100% the, capacity. You get to feed off that energy. Yeah, yeah the, game, the games are going to be there no matter what. You might as well be a part of them. It's a lot easier to win, you know, when you're you're used to – you don't have to travel or something, something like that. You know, it's a lot easier on you. So, let's keep playing. That's all Absolutely. I'm saying. Keep playing. 100%. 100%. Let's talk some ball football. Vault, we talked about Josh Heupel not being able to, you know, it's been tough that just the transfer portal has not worked in Tennessee's favor. Maybe we spoke too soon. They've, they've gotten, I mean, they've benefited from the transfer portal in the last three weeks or so. Uh, I would say just about as good as you, you can. I, I think, I don't think Tennessee's <laughs> going to end up on the right side of, of the transfer portal. Like when it's all said and done, like when you, right. but it's going to be hard to with, with what left Tennessee and the circumstances surrounding the roster at Tennessee this this offseason. So I think as far as I think you did you've done you've done really good up to this point to uh to use the transfer portal to your advantage as much as you could. Yeah, I think so too. You got some guys that are familiar, you know, we're going to talk about William Mohan who tra- or uh, transferred from Michigan. Familiar with Bron Jean Mary who is, you know, there last year with him. From Brooklyn, New York, six one two oh five outside linebacker, and uh, you know I think this is a good get because like 
the edge rushing position is like a that's a need for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tennessee has some bodies there, but like you don't have anybody that's been con- uh, a consistent contributor at that position or had a ton of production. So I think adding bodies is one thing, but I, I think to say like, yeah, we did good in the portal. Like you get, you need to get some production, some some starters out of these transfers. You, we don't need a killer Chris. No offense to the guy, but like you, you that doesn't well, do anything for you. Uh, Madre London doesn't do anything for you. Well, you know, killer Chris might have done more if you um... – Gave him a chance. <laughs> yeah, if you gave him a chance, which I thought what we saw, I thought Garantano was better. But going back, I'm like, dude, whatever got Jeremy Pruitt to to play him so much, I don't never understand. But yeah, I think going, I think just like you said, bodies, but getting guys that like, I, you know, looking at the position, I, I think obviously, you know, Tennessee, I think needs more help in, at inside linebacker. Uh, but you also, you're not, it's kind of in a situation, it's like beggars can't be choosers. They found a guy that, that wanted to play here and, and it happened to be a, a position and playmaker of need. So I think you did, like I said, about as good as you could. Unfortunately, you're not in a position to really go out and pick and choose the bodies you get. Mm-hmm. You, you do kind of – and I saw, again, I think you you added a guy that's um, didn't play – I know he didn't play a lot this year. He's a freshman. The, um, but, but getting a guy that has some of that experience that's been through you're, – you're not going out and getting a high school guy that maybe decided late he didn't want to play where he committed to or something. Or – Something to do that he, this the school rescinded his scholarship, whether it be like grades or something. You're right. not going out and get, getting some of those guys. You're, you're getting a guy that's at least been through the process at, at this level. Yeah, and he, he's got three years of eligibility, so it's a guy that's going to be in your program for a little bit, um, which I think that's that's huge when you're getting transfers. Yeah, you, like those one and done guys, like it's fine, I guess, for that season. But like the it. Is it really helping your program out bringing a guy in for one season? Not, I mean, unless he's just like a Eric Gilbert or you know just a right. guy who's going to be, you know, a like a postseason trophy winner of some sort. You know, is it is it really helping your program? And the answer is like if he's in the portal, he's probably not. So I, right. I just think they they need to get some production out of out of these transfers to really have me like okay you know we did pretty well in the in the portal and i think they have up to this point but for me to really be like yeah the portal worked out well for tennessee this season i think you need to get um some serviceable production out of those guys and you know tennessee in the in the past hasn't really got a lot of and you know i know the transfer portal is is different but you know Mm -hmm. the transfers in the past just haven't been Great, and, and, yeah, and sport, part of that, I mean, part of that too, football, football, yeah, no, any, no, uh, basketball benefit benefited from it a little bit, but yeah, it's not been great. Basketball, that's a weird one, um, because I was about to say football. Well, you haven't been winning a lot lately, and yes, a lot of those guys are looking to go to better situations, but sometimes they're also looking to go to places that that they can win. They've been in a place that they've been the, um, you know, at least somewhat of a, a playmaker and star. They just want to win at this point. Some of them. Uh, so but yeah, basketball is a great point. That that's an interesting one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know why that is. Don't know why the um. God, but asking about football, I lost my train of thought. I do like how you're getting guys from Power Five schools. I, I think yeah, that's something to. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you're not getting a guy from. I don't want to use Austin P who didn't play. I mean, like you're not getting you, anybody like that, which you wouldn't get those if you're getting, but I still think getting a guy from power five is probably better than a, 
like you mentioned, a grad transfer senior that from Austin P that was a, a you know, a, a decent linebacker, a good special teams player, like something like that. Like you're not right. getting, and I think Austin P is still probably a stretch, but even MTSU, somebody in the FBS, like, you know, that something like that. But yeah, I, uh, I, again, I, I think you've just done about as good as you can. Is it a, is it a super flashy get? It's not. Um, but it is a guy I like. If you're gonna, you know, transfer is so different. You're more so job on defense. <laughs> hey, yes, you, you're addressing <laughs> the needs as best you can. Um, but I think too, you're not just getting like a. This guy's also he's got a relationship with well, you mentioned with Brian G. Mary, the linebackers coach now at Tennessee. So it's like you don't like I was transferring in and out. Like I, I know I'm sure this sounds old school. I'm all about going for the better opportunity and, and whatnot. But I think there is also like a. And I think it should be the same with coaches. Like I, some people are like, well, coaches can go. And I'm like, I, I think coaches should be obligated to stay in some, I don't know how you make that. I guess no one's technically obligated to stay, but it's like, I think there is something to, to being committed and going and, and giving, you know, giving yourself the the opportunity to be successful there more than just a year or more than just two years. Like really giving yourself time to get you know calibrated to your environment. And, um, you know, you've got relationships with your teammates and your coaches and, um, your family's got those relationships, but I, I think if you you are getting a transfer from from a guy that maybe did just part of it, he wanted to play for Brian G. Mary, and, and so he's going to try and do that, and now he is like he. So maybe there is a little something to that. I don't know. Yeah, I think Brian Jean Mary, if I remember correctly, he didn't really recruit him because he was only at Michigan for that one year. Uh-huh. Um, uh, was he just, so, he, he so he just he? I, I don't. I don't know if that's 100% sure correct me if I'm wrong but um you know I think he did just spend the one season with him so the fact that you're able to get a guy who played under him only for one season and was you know willing to leave that school and it's not like he's close to home you know from Brooklyn right. New York and, and come to Tennessee I, I think that's that's a good sign to me um you know I, I think it may be I didn't think Brian G. Mary was a bad hire but like it, it kind of helps you out a little bit. Hey, you know, this kid wanted to come um, play for me or just after just one one season with me. So, right. And, and the fact that you're willing to take them, I think that's, yeah. that's big. I mean, a guy like Jay Hardy, we didn't, you know, we took some defensive linemen. We didn't take Jay Hardy after he got in the transfer portal. I don't know if he was that interested in Tennessee either, but the fact that your position coach is here and it didn't happen, you know, that kind of says what it says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that says what it says for sure. The, <laughs> um, golly, I keep forgetting it. It was about football too. The, I, yeah, you, you address the need. That's, that's it for this one. That's, that's all I'll say. You address the need and I think you're, you're up on the transfer portal. So I'm happy. Nothing, no complaints from me. Uh, you, you still, you want to pick a quarterback who we're starting? Cause I, yeah, I'll, that. I'll do that gladly. Um, I have, um, Jim Bob Cooter, dude. I was actually thinking Jim Bob Cooter, but I was trying to maybe think of someone uh, new. Old name team. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking. I was trying to think of someone maybe from like 2014. Okay. Um, yeah. Early, I, I, early bird. See, I was going to even go a little bit uh, far, like farther down the roster than that. I was trying to think of some some guys that are okay. that were in that Patrick maybe. Ashford. Yeah, like yes. Like that, see, that's what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to dig up a name like that, like even Nathan P- Nathan Peterman's too big time for me. I, I want someone else. Uh, so, all I know is Patrick Ashford 
threw a hell of a ball to, uh, I think, Alex Ellis on the fake field goal. Is that right? I believe that's correct. Was that Ashford that did that? I think, I think it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. There was another guy there, though. Man, what? That's big time. At the time. Yeah, no, that was a big time play. Hometown kid. I guess you call it the hometown? Call it hometown? Something like that. Morristown. It's, also close, to, remember, it's close enough uh, to Knoxville, right? Vic Wharton hitting the whip. Is that? Yeah, that was whip. <laughs> We're getting so old, man. <laughs> hitting the nene at the. In the end zone, do you remember that in the bowl game? I don't. I don't remember no, doing that. In the bowl game, I thought it was. It might have been at in Neyland. My favorite call of all time was Pig Howard because my brother's best friend, a good friend of mine, Alex Nipper, he always yells "pig," like "pig," like always does that, and he'll always say that'll do pig stuff like that. And I think it was Tom Hart. Does that sound right? Did he call SEC games? Does he call SEC games? Maybe. He. Uh, that pig sounds like it. an announcer name. Pig scored it. Uh, at South Carolina, and he was like, like his call was "That'll do, pig," and I was like, "That's freaking awesome!" So <laughs> that'll do. That's one of my. That's definitely my favorite one uh, regarding. Oh, speaking of bad reviews, how the hell do you overturn? And I know that's probably coming from like a fan. How do you overturn the the, the touchdown at Georgia? And I'm calling it a touchdown. The touchdown at Georgia. How do you overturn it? Oh, the big Howard one. Yeah. Uh, I, I even said at the time, like, I think that's a fumble. Like, I think by rule, whether you think the rule's dumb or not, where they, you know, it right. changes possession, I think by rule that that's probably a fumble. I don't know if he broke the, the plane. But I'm also saying, I don't know, because you, how do you tell when someone lost possession other than – or lost control of the ball, other than when the ball fell out? And he still – the ball was still touching his hand. So how can you say he lost control? As the, I don't know. I makes me so mad. Yeah. But I mean, like, it was that play with Jordan. I think it was Jordan Beck and that first baseman. I was like, yeah, he's safe. Like, there's, there was literally no doubt. And then he said, he, not only did they like, they called him safe. That, that was like, that's it. I don't think you can overturn it. I don't think you can overturn it. And then they overturned it and called him out. Yeah. I, I don't think you can do that. Sus. I, I'm not saying there's home cooking, but I'm saying there's home cooking. <laughs> I love that they use the announcers like Tennessee or you know South Carolina's local announcers because those guys, ah, they're terrible. They, were they, oh my God. They, were, they were annoying, but were they not just like they embodied what like high school hometown announcers are? I thought it was awesome. Yeah, and like they didn't. It felt like to me they didn't really know like the team. Uh, maybe I mean I didn't see I didn't think they did terrible. They're radio guys, like clearly radio guys, right? But I thought I, I thought I just I thought it was incredibly annoying. Oh yeah, like fan. when Jake Rucker struck out, they're like, Whoa! Yeah. I was like, what is that noise? Is is that the calling of the pigs? Is that <laughs> what it sounds like? But if that's or Tennessee or whatever it is, if right, but if that's Tennessee guys, that's what I'm saying. Like it was annoying, but I'm like, that's also fun. For South Carolina fans, yeah, this is a calling of the Cox, I guess, is what oh, that was. Oh God, don't don't make that noise. You don't want to see it show up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was that was pretty bad. Um, do you have anything else for, for football? I'm, dude, like a lot of people are, are 
saying Harrison Bailey. And, you know, I what I've seen. Oh, we're still so actually far, talking about quarterbacks? Okay. Yeah. Kind of. Um, you know, I, I think we can let, – let's talk about it next show. I think okay. we're, we're kind of getting close to Tom. So, yeah, let, let's get into our segments. Hey, don't we'll put a timer. Don't, don't put a timer on us. This is our show. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> we'll put a – We'll put a. Uh, we'll get to we're, our segments. We'll put it. We're prepping for the. That's fine. Uh, we're prepping for the twenty-four hour show. We're we're going as long as we can. That's right. Yeah. Twenty-four hour show. We gotta save it. Gotta save it. That's when we'll do it. When Tennessee before Tennessee plays for the national championship in Omaha. Dude, I'm thinking like hour two or hour like I guess we could probably talk for three hours, but after that, like, what do we? We just play rock paper scissors. Like, I, I think we talk nonsense. For twenty four hours, I mean, like we like we do now, like just nonsense for twenty, like anything. We, that's the thing in the twenty four hour show. It can't be all sports, right? Talk about anything. I mean, we can talk about how. Wait, did St. Louis not just score? I thought St. Louis just that. That would be terrible to watch someone watch MLB baseball for any amount of time. Um, but I thought St. Louis just scored a run in the bottom of the seventh. I guess not. But yeah, we, we'll do it before the national championship game. That's how we'll prep for the national championship game. Let's do it. Perfect. All right. I got you locked in on that. Do we have any questions? I don't think we have any more in the chat. Our man, George, he said a little bit, but I don't know if you have any questions during it. Yeah. If you hmm. got them, drop them in. We will get to those as we do our segments. I don't have any. You don't have any um, questions? I, 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 do, I do have segments. I don't have any questions. Sorry. Okay. No, that you're was, good. That was I, well, I was answer. like, I, <laughs> I was, I was confused, but I also thought I understood what you were saying. <laughs> I'm glad I clarified. All right. Well, most important of the week. What do you got for most important? Uh, most important of the week. What about Tim Tebow back? That's your most important. Oh, his handshake. I mean, like it, it's, the handshake it's was news. pretty fucking awesome. It's news. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, uh, I think it's a weird situation. I don't think it'll work. I don't think he'll even be on the 53-man roster. Oh, no. But I'm also like – Or or Willie because it's Urban Meyer. That, that's certainly possible. I mean, that's the only reason he's even like he's on the roster. He's number 53. Like, he's, he's going to write a book how he was the number 53. Yeah. 53rd guy, like, I bet there's, on this roster. I bet there's something in the New Testament with the number 53. Oh, 100%. 100%. But yeah, yes. like I, I saw a tweet and like he shook a, a player's hand. Dude, that was awesome. It just I felt like I was back in church. They were like, you know, turn they were like, turn around and you know, welcome your welcome your neighbor today. And it was just the most <laughs> Southern Baptist deacon. He said already changing the culture. I'm like, from a handshake? That's did somebody did somebody say that seriously or were they? Yeah, somebody said that like dead serious. They weren't being facetious. They had to be. I don't what, think so. Dude, the whole thing, like every, like you know, there there are some people that are like, yeah, he's going to be great for the culture in the locker room. And there's a lot of like guys that have been in NFL locker rooms or been around NFL locker rooms that are like, those guys are going to hate him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty much a celebrity, which makes right. it like probably makes it a little people, bit worse. Yeah, probably See, like, people aren't going to like him for that. I think a lot of people like him. The people that know him like him because there obviously are people that know him that like him, like a lot of. Right. I, th- I I have to assume. And, and you know he's not had any like big scandal like a, a lot of these guys who live similar lives to him do. I think he's genuine. As much as I hate him, and as much as the corny, it's like JJ Watt, like how corny JJ Watt is. But like that's just who JJ Watt is. He's a corny dude. Like, like, but he's not faking it, and that's why people like him. I think it's the same with with Tim Tebow. Like, is he super like super corny and super annoying? 
Yeah, but I also think that's just him. Yeah, and like he's like, being nice. Like that's yeah, just who he's he a is. Gen, he's a genuine person. Right. Like, yeah, you're not gonna. Yeah, he's gonna be a great locker room guy because yeah, you don't have to worry about him. You know, killing people. <laughs> I mean, like, or sh- shooting up something, or or getting in a bar fight, or except all that know, happened at Florida when he was there. So correct. But he he was, was he a, the ringleader. See, that's a that's a turn of events I've been waiting for since like you know all that come out that Florida team is like you're gonna find out that it was Tim all Tim Tebow's, Tim, Tim Tebow's the made man. He he's running the show. Well, yeah, I, I feel like like he's already passed the point. You're like, yeah, w- let's try to find something on this dude, and he's just like squeaky clean, and yeah. it's just like you can't find anything. He's just a but good dude. I think that's the thing. I think he's just a good dude. I think I'm not saying the locker room's gonna love him because it's still whether he's real or not. The, like you mentioned, the celebrity stuff is is still a thing. Like it still can be annoying. I, I think though, like I think I mean, from wouldn't you have quit baseball earlier if like you got in the locker room and everyone hated you? Because yeah, he played for the Mets organization the whole time. I mean, my thing is like, yeah, he went he went and played baseball. Maybe that was a dream of his. You know, I'm, I'm sure he's talked about. It. I don't know, but why didn't he just like continue his? football career i just don't understand that whole baseball thing just it's dumb just just like the michael jordan thing like i just don't get it well michael jordan did it for several reasons i think but i think tim tebow did it because he really like i mean he refused to play another position other than the quarterback when he was last in the nfl because if he did if he had done this if he had done this when he's when he was in the nfl originally i would say he has a legitimate shot at yeah, he had a way better a, shot of playing a, a tight end or a, a fullback than he did playing Major League Baseball. Right, and so I would have said I would have felt differently about what like this. Now I'm like I just think there's no way he's young enough to still do it. There's no way because he's learning. Like this is going to be a process. It's not like oh he just decides to play the position and he's there. It's going to be a process. And but I think it's just like yeah I think he was very stubborn. He's like you know what I've always wanted to try professional baseball. I'm obviously in the best shape of my life and I'm going to go give it a go. And again, I'm just assuming all this because it seems like the dude's genuine. It does. Right. So that's why I'm assuming that stuff. I have no idea. I mean, I I, I don't think he's going to be very good. I'll say that. (laughs) I don't know. I I would be shocked if he's on the roster. I'll be shocked. Does he score a touchdown? I hope so. I kind of want to put a bet on that future. Is he huge, like a preseason guy? Like you see him all in preseason? How amazing would that be if he's like so good in the preseason that even fans are like, "How do you not sign him at this point?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like when when Josh Dobbs with the Jags, you're like, "Oh yeah, he's got to make the roster because like he was dominant." Right. I, I guess dominant is the right word, but yeah, he was good. He just he played good like he played good enough on the field for you in the preseason that you would be dumb to leave him behind, right. like that kind of thing, for sure, for sure. Any more okay. most important? Um. Yes, I had I had Phil Mickelson win the PGA. That I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Phil, Phil Mickelson won the PGA Tour, uh, PGA Championship at Kiowa. Uh, and then I've got – oh, I have one more. Where'd she go? Mm. Maybe I don't. False alarm. False alarm. I, I have one more, and it's, it's no context. I don't know – <laughs> How it happened, or what I love it this. Happened. We need we need a segment. No context. Where we just no read. context. So the Mets acquired veteran outfielder Cameron Maben from the Cubs for a dollar. I saw. I did see that. I don't. I don't know why it happened. I don't know how it happened. I kind of don't want to know how it happened. Like, just I a dollar. Just wanna, 
Yeah, I kind of just want to think that's. I mean, is that kind of. Is he like, dude, just trade me for something. I don't care. And they're like, all right, dollar it is. He got traded for the wash machine. There you go. I mean, dude, a wash machine's more than a dollar. That's a. Uh, I don't know about the one in the uh, Flint Tropics lo- uh, locker room, though. I don't know if that one is more. Probably doesn't work. Yeah, but probably put, not. Put more money into it than it's worth. <laughs> exactly. But hey, if you get a tra- if you get traded for it, do it. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't know what the Cubs look like as far as like standings wise, but I know like Mets have a good team, or, so maybe that's yeah. part of it. I don't know. So the Cubs are. I mean, the Cubs are in second place in the division, but they're three games back to St. Louis. Gotcha. Three, three games, three and a half games back. Yeah, like I, it's every like the Cubs are in second because everyone else also sucks. Yeah, so it, it's not like going to the Pirates to the Mets. It's God. The, the Pirates are, are they're terrible. I mean, that was there's hilarious. a fail of the week for you. That's a great fail. What was it? Twenty was that the final score? Twenty to one. Yeah, something like that. To the the Braves on Saturday night. God. Oh, I'll also, put, so the Mets are in the lead in their division, but I, I, why have they not played? They just had bad weather or something. They, they played, played like two or three games less than everybody. I don't know. And I also find it weird that they can lead their division this year because isn't baseball playing like – well, I guess it depends on how their division spread out. But isn't baseball playing like a lot of like local games, like so the travel is not as heavy? I don't – then I don't think so. Okay, so I knew I knew hockey did something like that. I didn't know if baseball was doing something too. I know I know I'm like I do know the Blue Jays were in Dunedin. For yeah, a they're while. they're playing. Are they still playing in? I don't think New so. York? I think they're in New York. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, they're in New York now. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, um, fellow week. Fellow week, Tony oh, Russo. Oh. Oh. Yes, that's a good one. My most important, and I'm going to go off on a tangent, so you do yours first. My most important was Top Golf. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Tony LaRusso said he was upset that Yerman Mercedes hit a home run on a 3-0 count. In a, I don't know. I don't know what the score was. Um, yeah. But they were, It was so bad that they were, they pitched a um, position player to pitch. 3-0 count. Like, yeah. Like if you pitch. A guy like if you pitch that guy, Tony Larusa is the manager for the White Sox. Right, right. Mercedes is uh, one of the best players <laughs> for the for the White Sox. Um, but if you pitch a position player, like you gave up, like you lost, like it's over. Yeah, if you, no, if for you sure. Give up, like you throw me a cheese ball, I'm gonna hit it. Like I get paid to hit bombs. I get paid to play baseball. I'm, I'm playing I, baseball. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, it, and again, it, it's they didn't pitch out to him, like. If you're gonna throw at me, I'm I'm playing baseball. That's the that's that's why I think the unwritten rules in baseball are the dumbest unwritten rules like in any sport because like they can actively take away from your accomplishment. Like you playing good base, like you playing good baseball. Like yeah. the like the unspoken rules in, in other sports. Like I'm trying to think of like a good example in in like hockey or golf, like sports that have a lot of unwritten rules. But it's like they're all done to like you know keep people from being dicks essentially. Whereas baseball's like, no, you, you can't, you shouldn't score a run here. What oh just happened? God. I did not see the comment 
directly below this, but it is hilarious. <laughs> what is it? So I'll give this guy credit. Warren Dawes said, wouldn't be the first time Tony screwed up handling a Mercedes. <laughs> Oh, he committed murder. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, th- this is the comment that Tony Russo said. He made a mistake. There will be a consequence he has to endure here within our family. I'm like, dude, you're a freaking walking DUI. Like, why <laughs> the hell are you mad over this? That and like, like oh, again, He made a mistake. That's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. You played baseball. Like, you yeah, played baseball. Like, like, you get paid to do it. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. It was incredible. Do you have any more fails? I will say this. If you're going to swing in a 3-0 pitch, you better hit it out. You better get on base. <laughs> if you get out, then you look like a moron. So it better work out. It's like, I think Vitello was talking like, yeah, when you do a hit and run, like if it works, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, right. you look like a moron. Um, you know, that's kind of how that works. Like if you, you hit 3-0, like, hey, I hit a home run. I mean, you shouldn't have thrown it in here to me. Um <laughs> I hit home run, but it, like if you pop out to the second baseman, you're gonna be like, "What a doofus!" Yeah, you're an idiot. That's when you made a mistake, <laughs> right? Right. That, um, yeah, no, that's uh, again, and like, Larus is an idiot. That's the bottom line. He's an idiot. Yeah, he is. All right, uh, fail anymore? Uh, that's all I got. Okay, this isn't a fail. This is just my tangent. I've been meaning to go on Top Golf and Neyland, okay. and I do want to say it was it was really really cool. Um, I want to do it again, but I also want it to be better the next time I do it. Mm-hmm. It was expensive, um, but like that's just a cool idea. Like bringing, like getting to go into Neyland and like do something that's like unique that you you're not going to do in Neyland often. Like that's mm-hmm. a it, it's Neyland Stadium, but it's almost like Top Golf got the venue. Emily said it best because Emily was like, "How was it?" And I was like, "It was awesome. I had a great time. Much more fun than I thought it was going to be." Um, but and I told her like the, uh, the tangent I'm about to go on and she, she worded it great. She was like, talk, it sounds like they just kind of got the venue and we're done with it. Like that, like that's it. Like, it was just like, Oh, here's a cool venue. There you go. But like, why do we go to Neyland? Like, what's the reason we go to Neyland? The game, the game, like football, right. like that. And like, it's, it's a cool stadium because of football. Like it, it is very unique in that, like you know, and I think this can be said for any stadium, honestly. Like if it's baseball, NFL football, like you go there for football, you go there for the Tennessee Volunteers, you go there like for that. That's what. That's why I want to play top golf in it. I mean, yes, would I go play top golf in you know a random field if you set it up? Sure, but I'm also not going to pay eighty dollars. I paid eighty dollars because I went to Neyland Stadium to do it. Right. So make it a Neyland Stadium experience, like. It was again very very cool. I went in there, and you know they did have the concessions open, but it's like also I paid eighty dollars. Can we have some better food here? Especially if I'm paying concession prices. Like oh, you open up concession prices. It was regular concession prices. It's like oh you know make it nicer meals or open the Calhouns or you know like you know because they have that little Calhouns area. Like do make make it a better ex- overall experience because like yeah I, I paid five bucks for a Coke. It's like I don't want to do that just because I'm in Neyland Stadium. Make right. it Neyland. So, like, paint the, my first one. So, oh, so you go in there, and, like, they had a bunch of stuff, like, cornhole set up and, like, a golf-type cornhole game and big Jenga, and they had a simulator in there while you waited and, like, tables to kind of hang around while you waited. So, very, very cool experience. Like, for, right, right when you walk in the door and you wait for your bay to open up. Um, 
and you're down there with everybody too. So you're like, you're interacting with people. So again, they did a good job of that. Then you go in the stadium and it is, they paint the field. I feel like that's an easy one. Paint oh, the field. Did? Like it wasn't painted the field? No, no it's just, I mean, it's just grass, you know, green with targets out there. Paint the field. That would be awesome. I think that for me, and I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, like, the experience. It, like if I walk into Neyland, like the, if, you know, if I go in on a weekday and the field's already painted or it's left over from that game, it looked, I mean, first off, when it's freshly painted, whoo, gorgeous. But when you walk in there and the field's painted, you're like, oh, hell yeah, I'm in Neyland Stadium. Gra- you know, just grass, eh, you don't have that same feeling. So, yeah, they'd ask the experience. Do it. Next, paint the field. I think that's the most important one. I think that's the easiest one to do, paint the field. That should be the standard at every stadium. Yeah. Like, the grass should be cut. How it would so be? Like is a, this like a thing they're doing to like a bunch of stadiums? Yeah, they're they're doing some tour. I can look up like where all they're going, but they've also done it. Like I, the first place I started seeing it being done is like ML like MLB stadiums, okay. like bigger, nicer stadiums like that. Um, but yeah, this is the thing they're doing. So I, I think this should be the minimum. Whether it's a baseball stadium or you know uh, soccer, football stadium, whatever it is, I think you need the field needs to be prepared like it's game day. Because why do you go there for the game? So it needs to be like the baseball field should be lined. It should be cut like it's, you know, like it's game day. You need to make it a game day experience, in my opinion, because that's why you go to the stadium. And it's in like that painting and preparing the field wouldn't be that hard. You're doing that on a daily basis anyways. Right. Second thing, make some kind of football game or baseball game or whatever. I don't know how you do it. I honestly don't. This is like again an idea. I'm not. I'm just the idea guy. I'm not the do it guy. You all got to figure it yeah. out. Yeah. Make some kind of like you know how you have different modes. Top golf. Well, you just have one mode in this top golf, and it's like target pretty much. Like whoever who scores the most points wins. Pretty basic. But you could also throw a little football flair in it. You could uh, you could add a little flavor to that. Um, the next one. I don't know how you do this effectively. Again, idea guy. Not my only really good idea is paint the field. Um, <laughs> my last one. Find a way to make it like a game day experience. Like, yeah, I don't want the speakers quite as loud as game day because I want to be able to talk. But, like, I should walk in there. You know, th- there should be music, like, playing actively the whole time. Like, and I think they I think they did. You you know, have stuff on the Jumbotron. Like, surely they had the Was right. Was there anything on the Jumbotron? They had, like, cycling, like, announcements pretty much. Yeah, so and it's like. like they couldn't do highlights or. Yeah, or like, or like today the PGA Championship was on. You couldn't have shown that. I don't know what the rules look like to do that, but I mean, you couldn't get CBS on the, on the big, like, I don't know. Like thing, like you, I feel like you can just up the experience where like you're using everything around you. Like, I don't think the video boards were running that, you know what I'm talking about? Like on the, like, I don't think those are running. You could have been running like high scores on it and stuff like that. Like not just ads that that's another thing too, is like, you know, the, a lot of the announcements on the jumbo trauma, just ads. And it's like, I feel like you could, yeah, you can run the ads and still keep it like a game day experience. So I think that that's really what it lacked is like that game day feel where it's like, why do you go to Neyland? No one go, no, like not a lot of people just go to Neyland, just sit down. <laughs> Some people. Yeah. Like, like, like it, it was, it was cool to do it. You did it, but you'll probably not do it again unless it's a better. Experience. Yeah. Unless they add, unless they add to it. Um, like I probably wouldn't pay the $80 to, to go back. And, and too, you know, I don't know, surely with Neyland being as special as it is, uh, you know, they surely they'll, they'll keep doing it, but, the top golf's coming to Knoxville soon. So 
you know, you can go pay half the price at a top golf facility, which will be a little bit nicer than, I mean, they, they did a phenomenal job setting it up. Like in my opinion, the best they could, you know, for a temporary hitting bay. Um, but I feel like, you know, you're probably just, if you don't have that game day experience, you're just going to go to the one in Knoxville for cheaper. So, right. I don't know. A great, great experience. I thought, I thought it was really cool. Um, it, you know, obviously it's too late to do it now, but if they ever come back, I, you know, we joked about how we weren't going to pay that. And I probably wouldn't have gone if Neva hadn't bought these for Sam. Um, or I guess we bought them for Sam, but yeah, the, it was cool. I'd do it. I'd do it again. If the, if the day, the game day experience gets a little bit better. Top golf's fun. Everyone knows top golf's fun. Make, right. make other parts of the fun too. There you go. There you have um, it. They're also going to be in Sanford stadium in Athens in June. They're going to be in Tampa at Raymond James. Um, they're going to be in – is TCF Bank? Oh, that's Minneapolis. So it's like Minneapolis, you're going to get in there and, like, the turf's going to be there. Yeah. It's, so, it's, like, you get – you feel like you're really in there. You feel like you're really in there where the Vikings play at that point. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I mean, I'm, like, and I might have been the only one that thought – I really was hoping it would be – feel like a game day kind of thing, like a – Maybe I was like only more one. of a, a Tennessee instead of hey, we're just using Neyland Stadium for this. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's what I want. Interesting. I mean, because you know everything was orange, orange and white. You know, uh, outside of like the actual Top Golf labeled stuff, everything was done in orange, which it should be. It's, it's Tennessee fans. Yeah, they couldn't get like some gilded Top Golf like orange and white shirts or something like that too. That'd be nice. I'm sure they had plenty of product there to sell if you wanted it. You might have been able to find one. <laughs> That's another thing. Tennessee's not going to miss a chance to, to make a dollar. They're, uh, I mean, they were running ads for season tickets. Buy your season tickets. You could buy those today. Ooh, already got mine from last year. I haven't got. We were talking about that today. We got to get ours. Oh, like I haven't them. got my physical tickets. No, but you but, like you paid for them, right? Yeah, so we, we have not reserved them yet. Gotcha. We need to do that. Well, I mean, maybe my brother did. I don't know. I did but look yeah, at we, the relocation, and it's insane. So we sit in the third row in like the top bowl. Uh, ZZ11. So if you if you find yourself stumbling that way, you can holler at me. But I was looking like a row in front of us. So yeah, it is a chair back. Um, but we buy like the cushion seats with the little place on the back, right? Um, which they, hot take? I know you're gonna say they're more comfortable than the bleachers, and I 100. I don't know if I agree. I those aren't comfortable to me. Really? I don't, you're just yeah, like I, you're like you're like you're really still like you know like you're in bleachers, so you're still. Like this, and then you kind of got to sit. You have to sit like real straight up. See, so I have like, really bad posture, so like the bleachers kill my back. Yeah, like, that's old man in me, but like it really does for three hours. Like it, it hurts. <laughs> so I have to have at least some kind of support. So, it, it, again, it's I agree. It's it's definitely better than the bleachers, but it's like I, I still. I mean, they're not comfortable to me. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Um, but like they're a chair, so like you they, get they the are. You do have a back. Um, so I'm talking about the, the ones in front of us. Oh, oh, the actual chair backs. Okay. They are a thousand more dollars per seat. Hey, you got to get the one row in front, like, like literally inches. Oh, like when it comes to like what you see, like inches away. Um, and you know, a thousand dollars more. It's insane. I was like, those those chairs aren't cheap. Those chair backs aren't cheap, especially when you get, you know, 15,000 of them. Right. They aren't cheap. I'm also, like, I hate, dude, and I know we talked about this last year because, you know, they added those um, ad boards mm-hmm. in behind the, the 
end zone. Oh, I hate them. I hope they get rid of them. I know they won't because they'll make as much money as they can. Right. I just think they look so – I don't like them. Not a fan. Too new? I just – I don't know. It just looks like, like – You want to look like football tacky. stadium. Not yeah, like I, I mean, it looks like what football stadiums unfortunately look like nowadays. But it's just like there's something to kneel and not having ad boards all over it. That Yeah, we got ad boards, but we still got like – I mean, I like the troughs, but we still got troughs. Oh, like, hey, uh, hey, we're not. <laughs> you you all have troughs up in your section, don't you? Yeah. Yes, I do. I like everyone's like, you know, we need to upgrade the south end zone. Hell no, it's the vessel of Neyland, and it's gonna it should stay like that. I mean, like I will say this: it could use a pressure washing every now and then. Like I wouldn't be mad if they did that. The trough? No, 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 not the trough. The like like could parts of Neyland Stadium. Yeah. No, nah, I mean. There shouldn't they, be algae I mean, just hanging off of stuff. Is that I common? Know I don't know. I've noticed that. I don't know if it's algae, but it's like it's like dirty. Like you walk. I'm trying to think of like it's 22, 23, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like like the student gate where you like kind of walk up and you go down to gate 21. Like all that right yeah. there is just like, can we not clean it up a little bit? I mean, maybe they do for the season, but I noticed it like during basketball season, like right outside Gate Ten. Yeah, we'd park over there. I'm like, dude, that looks. Great. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they paint every year and like pressure wash and take care of it. So it may, it may have just been a winter thing, but I mean, also in a stadium like that, you're bound to like. <laughs> yeah, can we not <laughs> some really dirty spots and? Yeah, one one day should like you could get a whole crew in there and just do it knock it out in one day see i think the facilities management people just do it like that's their summer work part of it is going in there and pressure washing really so and i guess like, i mean was yeah. just a winter thing but i was like man i, I mean I, so gross the south end zone and like student section area feels gross i don't know how gross it really is but i kind of like it i'm a gritty guy it's dark too that makes oh, it- i love how dark it is i love it man it just feels and this is just the good memories popping out. I've had a lot of bad memories in those tunnels, but it feels like a Tennessee win to me. Yeah. Like my favorite thing was walking out of Neyland Stadium, walking through those tight, dark tunnels and chanting, it's great to be a Tennessee ball. Just like uh, that's my favorite, my favorite like- memories. Oh, yeah. You're like kind of weaving <laughs> in and out. And I was always young. So hanging on to my dad's <laughs> hand and him just kind of dragging me along. But <laughs> women like just drilling you in the face with their. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So yeah, I the, I don't think you should ever get rid of those those dark hallways. Keep the troughs. Keep the dark hallways. Keep Knoxville scruffy. Keep it dirty. I like it. That's all I got. That's all I've got too. It's been a long episode. Appreciate y'all hanging on. We'll be back on Wednesday, right? Yes. Yep. To, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. We uh, may have to do something different for the regional, but we'll let you all know. Well, we will we will be back this Wednesday though. Hopefully, talking about a Tennessee win. They will have already. Are they five thirty? So we may be just getting out of that. I thought it was 2.30. 2.30, 2.30. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the earlier game there. So Tennessee will have played by then, and uh, we'll have a little update with that, hopefully talking about their Thursday game. Also, talk uh, it's double elimination. Too. It's double elimination. A lot, yeah. a lot. Yeah, so we're good. Yeah, we're good. Uh, yeah, quarterbacks. We'll have, a, we'll have a quarterback show. The whole show, quarterbacks. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. Can't wait. Not true. Not true. We'll definitely we talk about baseball quarterbacks. Yeah, we should do that. Um, we could probably. 24 could probably... hours, quarterbacks only. Just, just quarterback. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an idea guy. I'm gonna make it happen, guy. You gotta make it happen. I'll, I'll just give the ideas. God, these we're getting old, man. I don't know if I could stay up for 24 hours. Oh, I think that's what would make it fun. We would be very, very tired and blue. just like snoozed. Yeah. Exactly. All right, guys. We appreciate you listening. We're bringing the boat in.